Hey guys, I'm Ray Belli, and this is Words for Granted, a podcast that looks at how words change over time. If you love the show, you can become a contributor at patreon.com slash wordsforgranted. For just a buck a month, which is less than what we all pay for a bad cup of coffee, you'll gain access to contributors-only bonus episodes. For not much more, I'll even send you your own Words for Granted mug. If Patreon's not your thing, but you'd still like to help keep this show on the road, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash wordsforgranted. Every little bit adds up. Thanks to Billy and Preston for their recent contribution. And with that, let's get on to today's episode, part one in a brand new series on kinship terms. What better place to start than with the first name you probably ever spoke? Mama. Even if English isn't your first language, odds are that little baby you still called your mother Mama, or at least a name that resembles Mama. As we're about to see, Mama is a very special word. When you look at the words for Mama or Mom or Ma in languages around the world, it's immediately obvious that the vast majority of them share two fundamental characteristics. The first is that mama words usually contain an M sound, and the second is that they also usually contain an open vowel, namely ah. Phoneticians, or linguists who study speech sounds, classify ah as an open vowel because it's produced with a fully open mouth without obstruction by the tongue or the lips. More on the significance of these vowel mechanics later on. Now, if a mom word doesn't contain an M sound, then it probably contains an N sound instead. Some examples of these include the Filipino word nanay and the Turkish word anne. As most of us intuitively know, the M and N sounds are acoustically related, so this second category of mom words isn't entirely out of left field. Phoneticians classify both M and N as nasal consonants, which means that they're produced by a lowering of the soft palate in your mouth, which allows air to escape through the nasal passages. No one does this consciously, of course, this is just the way how it happens. M and N are also labial consonants, which means that their sound is produced with closed lips. Later on, we'll also return to the significance of these consonant mechanics. These broadly shared characteristics of mama and mom words are striking, if not eerie, because they're the only words in human languages that seem to demonstrate a universal correlation between their meaning and pronunciation. Let me explain to you what I mean by this. The pronunciation of a word in a given language relative to that word's meaning is usually arbitrary. For example, Japanese, Swahili, and Norwegian all have very different sounding words for I, that is, the I you see with, not the personal pronoun. These words for I are me, jicho, and oye, respectively, if my pronunciations are close. Expectedly, these words sound nothing alike because they come from completely unrelated language families, and given the arbitrary relationship between the way a word sounds and its potential to convey a given meaning, the words me, Jicho and Oye are all equally good at naming the thing that, in English, we call an I. However, the Japanese, Swahili, and Norwegian words for mom are 
Mama, Mama, and Mama. In Basque, Tamil, and Navajo, another trio of unrelated languages, the word for Mama is Ama, Ama, and Ama. If you look closely, Ama is actually the same word as Mama, but without the initial M sound. So what does this mean? Clearly there's no coincidence here. Something's going on. Where do these mom words shared characteristics come from? Well, I don't want to give it away up front, so let's explore some possibilities first. Is there something inherent to the meaning of the word mama that exists at the deepest level of reality that human beings around the world just so happen to have tapped into? As just discussed, there are no inherent esoteric correlations between words and the things that they refer to. Then, could all of these mom words simply be cognates? Cognate words, like members of a family tree, derive from a mutually common ancestor at some point in the past. Since we're dealing with unrelated language families here, in order to posit an all-mama-words-are-cognates theory, we also have to posit a theory of a common proto-linguistic ancestor shared by every language in the world. A macro-language family, if you will. Instead of diving headfirst into an all-mom-words-are-cognate theory that also relies on a theory of a macro-proto-language family, let's look at cognate mom words within a single language family first and see what we discover. Italian, French, and Spanish all belong to the Romance language family, sharing Latin as their common linguistic ancestor. The Italian, French, and Spanish words for mama, with a slight variation in accent, are mama, mama, and mama. Given their one degree of separation from each other on the linguistic family tree, it's not surprising that the Romance languages have nearly identical words for mama. We can further classify the Romance languages and their linguistic ancestor Latin as Indo-European. Indo-European languages all ultimately derive from a prehistoric, unrecorded language called Proto-Indo-European that linguists believe was spoken by nomads living in the steppe lands of modern-day Ukraine. As these nomads migrated and eventually settled as far west as Europe and as far east as India, hence the name, they brought with them their language. Though geographically disparate, modern languages such as Hindi, Welsh, and Russian are all Indo-European. The Hindi, Welsh, and Russian words for mom are man, mom, and mama, respectively. Given their ultimate derivation from the Proto-Indo-European language, these words are all cognates, and they're also ultimately cognate with the Romance language mama words. As we can see, they're all basically the same. They sound like mama. But if they're all cognates, that's to be expected, right? Well, no, not exactly. This very high degree of cross-linguistic similarity is actually not to be expected of cognates, especially not over the course of very long periods of time. Consider this. The Romance languages broke off from Latin, their mutual linguistic ancestor, around 1500 years ago. Hindi, Welsh, and Russian broke off from Proto-Indo-European, their mutual linguistic ancestor, about four or five thousand years ago, yet the Hindi, Welsh, and Russian mama words are just as similar as the mama words in the much closer related Romance languages. Although we haven't looked at every Indo-European mama word over the last five thousand years, 
You can take my word for it. They're basically all the same. Even for languages within the same language family, the conservatism of these mama cognates across over such long periods of time is simply abnormal. One of the constants of language is that language is always changing. Pronunciations change, meanings change, even entire grammars change. But in the case of these Indo-European mom words, we see an exception to the very rule that this entire podcast is based on. Contrary to the words for granted tagline, today's episode is really about how one particular word doesn't change over time. I think it's clear that the conservatism of the many Indo-European mom words must be attributed to something other than the fact that they're cognates. If the theory of cognates can account for the similarity of mama words within a single language family, then it certainly can account for their similarity in unrelated languages around the world. In spite of this, since we as English speakers speak an Indo-European language, you might be wondering what the Proto-Indo-European root word for mom is. Well, according to historical linguists, that ancient root word probably sounded like ma. The Proto-Indo-Europeans combined that root word with the suffix ter, which they used as a grammatical marker of agency, thus producing the word mater, which has come down to us as the word mother. Mother, of course, is the formal way of referring to a woman who bears a child. Unlike the near-universality of mom and mama words, when we look at words for mother in languages around the world, we encounter much more variety in form and pronunciation. Why would that be? While both mother and mama refer to the same person, that is, a woman who has borne a child, words like ma, mama, and mom are terms of intimacy and affection. They're used by children in reference to their mother. In fact, mama, or whatever the equivalent word is in a given language, is usually the first word that babies learn to speak. Hmm. Considering this fact, in pursuit of the answer to the question, why do all mama words sound so similar, maybe we should turn our attention to babies and the earliest stages of language acquisition. But first, a word from our sponsor. Words for Granted is a proud member of the CLNS Media Network, and today's episode is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus. Do you consider yourself a lifelong learner? Do you enjoy learning at your own pace, anytime, anywhere? If so, then you should really check out The Great Courses Plus. The Great Courses Plus offers unlimited video access to academic lecture series by some of the world's leading professors. This is college-level learning, but without the pressure of homework, grades, and student loans. With the Great Courses Plus app, you can stream or download their entire video library onto your phone. While the guy next to you on the train is playing a dumb video game on his phone, you can be catching up on that college course that you always wish you had taken. I recommend checking out the course Myths, Lies, and Half-Truths About Language Usage, taught by the wonderful John McWhorter. In it, McWhorter covers the general history of our language from Old English to today. He also dispels some of the misconceptions about the decline of English in the digital age, and he makes predictions about where the English language is going. It's a great compliment to the things we talk about here on Words for Granted, so I hope you check it out. For a limited time, The Great Courses Plus is offering listeners of this show one free month of unlimited access to their entire library. To claim your free month, you'll need to sign up through my special URL, thegreatcoursesplus.com. 
com slash words. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash words. Really, it's my pleasure to have the opportunity to share this deal with you, so don't miss out. Thegreatcoursesplus.com slash words. And back to our regularly scheduled programming. So maybe the universality of mama words in languages across the world has something to do with babies. What do we know about the way babies communicate in the earliest days of their lives? Before babies can speak words or even possess a concept of what language is, they still can make a lot of noise. Mostly, they make nonsense vowel sounds and they cry. Often, these are one and the same thing. When a baby opens its mouth, the easiest sound for it to make is ah. All it has to do is keep its mouth open and push air out through its vocal tract. The tongue doesn't have to do anything. The lips don't have to do anything. Doctors ask us to make the ah sound when they look down our throats because it forces us to open up wide and keep the tongue low. Now, if a baby opens its mouth and naturally produces this ah sound, at some point it will get tired and have to close its mouth. If you keep a continuous flow of air going through the vocal tract and then close your mouth, observe what happens. The sound that's naturally produced is mmm. The M sound. Now, alternate between the open mouth and closed mouth positions while keeping the airflow going. What you get is this. Um, 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 um. Depending on where you cut up the syllables, the words ma, mama, mom, and ama are all contained within this simple exercise. I think you can see where this is going. As for mama words that contain an N sound instead of an M sound, repeat the same exercise, but instead of breaking up the vowel sound just by closing your mouth, touch your tongue to the ridge on the roof of your mouth right behind your top teeth. Try it out and see what happens. This simple yet incredible discovery that babies can make the mama sound without having to learn it was made by the influential Russian linguist Roman Jacobson in an essay entitled why Mama and Papa, published in 1962. Jacobson further links the universality of mom words to breastfeeding and the need for nutrition. He writes, long quote, Often the sucking activities of a child are accompanied by a slight nasal murmur, the mmm sound, which is the only phonation that can be produced when the lips are pressed to the mother's breast or to the feeding bottle and the mouth is full. Later, this phonatory reaction to nursing is reproduced as an anticipatory signal at the mere sight of food and finally as a manifestation of a desire to eat, or more generally, as an expression of discontent and impatient longing for missing food or absent nurser, and any ungranted wish. When the mouth is free from nutrition, the nasal murmur may be supplied with an oral, particularly labial release. It may also obtain an optional vocalic support. End quote. In other words, he draws a connection between the M sound in mom words and the M mm sound we make around good food. I find it both fascinating and convincing that they both go back to breastfeeding. When babies use these mom words and similar M mm sounds to get their mother's or anyone's attention, really, they're speaking. However, this speech act is only interpreted as such from the point of view of the mother. When the earliest human babies looked into their mother's eyes and said, mmm, or mama, 
those babies weren't consciously addressing their mothers by an affectionate name. What they were doing was making the sound that they'd learned to associate with breastfeeding, and breastfeeding equals survival. However, from the point of view of the earliest human mothers, it would have seemed as if these babies were calling them mama, thus giving rise to the meaning associated with what would become the word mama. This pattern happened again and again for thousands of years and in thousands of languages across the globe. As far as we can tell, this natural instinctual phenomenon has remained unchanged since the beginning of human history. To put it in other words, the word mama, or at least some word very close to mama, is probably the earliest word spoken by human beings, and it's a word that we still have with us across the globe today. Now, what about the cross-linguistic words for dad? Do they have predictable characteristics too? As it turns out, they do, but with a bit more potential for variation. In the next episode, we'll be looking at dad words from around the world. We'll also be looking at how the word father played a crucial role in the discovery of the Proto-Indo-European language. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's an amazing story, and I can't wait to share my take on it with you. Okay, if you love the show, again, I'd like to remind you that you can sign up to show your support at patreon.com slash wordsforgranted. If that's not in your budget, you can still leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast directory of choice. Those ratings and reviews really help the show grow, and they give me feedback about what I can do to make the show better. I am on Twitter at, at @wordsforgranted and Facebook as wordsforgranted. And you can email me directly with questions, comments, and concerns at wordsforgranted at gmail.com. Have a great day. I'll catch you next time here at Words for Granted. <laughs>